we're so thankful and uh, encouraged by viewers of church and by the opportunity to share with you this morning. When God speaks, He wants us to do something about it. Amen? In Mozambique, when I say amen, you have to repeat and say amen after me, okay? Makes me feel better. When God speaks to us, He wants us to do something about it. Amen? That's it. In 1995, when Ros and I were living in Toronto, Canada, or I was teaching there, um, I had a path planned, or we had a path planned for our life, I think. I was a, a teacher, Ros was a nurse, we were involved in the church, we were, uh, had a career and etc. set before me. But then a little lady at that time, it was a very small ministry in Mozambique, she shared testimony one night, as they do, in, at Toronto, at the church there. She shared about bringing children off the streets and off the garbage dump um, into her house and into what was then a very, very small ministry. And um, those days in Toronto, they had church six nights a week, and every night they allowed seven or eight people to share testimony about what God and, and Heidi shared. But I knew enough of God, about God, that when He speaks, I need to do something about it. And that little testimony that night spoke to Ros and I, and we didn't get a revelation of suddenly running to Mozambique, but He touched our hearts. And rather than just saying, well, that was a nice service and that was a nice testimony, we did something about it. We went and said hello to her and uh, got her... Um, I don't know, her email address and communicated. We, we began to support the ministry. We began to do something about it. It took a number of years, but as we continued to seek God, he said, go. Now, I'm not here this morning to convince you to come to Mozambique, but I believe last Sunday at church, I've had breakfast and lunch and dinner with a number of uh, people from the church during the week and they said last Sunday was amazing and I want to put up your hand if you were here last week and God spoke to you don't be afraid put your hand up two people oh, I heard it was awesome only I thought there was many people came forward okay God spoke to you during the service last week when God speaks, He wants you to do something about it. I wonder if there's a couple of brave people who heard something from God last week. God said to them to do something about it, and they're going to share it with us. Is there anyone that will do that? Nobody. Yes, here we are. When God speaks, He wants us to do something about it. It can be something very simple. Thanks. Um, it wasn't something to do, but he definitely spoke to me last week. And um, <coughs> when I was down the front here, uh, I felt a hand on my shoulder. And um, it was the first time that I felt worthy of God's love. Oh, don't go away, Andrew. Let's extend our hands towards him. Thank you, Father, for what you did in Andrew's life last week. 
and we want to agree with him and stand with him. And he felt something that he'd never felt before. I thank you, Lord, there's power in testimony. There's power in knowing who Jesus is. And thank you, Lord, that you showed him that last week. I pray, Lord, that is not the end of it. Father, we pray that what you spoke into his spirit last Sunday is the beginning of a new chapter of his life. That he will know more and more how much he's loved, how much he's cared for, how much you love him as a father. And Father, we bless this testimony in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Andrew. Courageous to come out the front. Is there anyone else? Just going to give opportunity for one more. I thought there might be a hundred people come forward. Um, so I was actually having um, some shoulder issues and some um, and a neck issue, um, and Susan Pillen said it was demonic. Um, it was cast out, but the great thing about it was, um, and I've had a few casting outs in my life, um, but in her eyes was white, pure white. And so when she was saying with, to keep strong with um, belief and not unbelief, so when it, it was cast out, but when I got home, I had to remember that it had been cast out, um, that it was not going to return. So when I felt... Um, that something had come back or something like that. I had to remember the whiteness in her eyes and that was pretty powerful for me. So um, I've continued to remember that um, and believing, continuing for healing for that for me. Emily, let's extend our hands toward Emily. Father, we agree with Emily this morning. Lord, that the healing, Lord, that you have done and are doing in her life, we stand with her. And it's true, we can feel something in a service and then go home and feel a twinge and say, well, let's all just come back. But she's standing and believing. She's remembering, Lord, the vision of the white eyes. And so, Father, as a, as a church, we stand together with her. And we believe, Lord, for her complete and full and, uh, and utter healing in her body from the top of her head to the bottom of her feet. And we're going to continue to stand with her as she believes and we believe with her. In Jesus' name, amen. Last one, Alison keeps putting up a hand, racing up the front. Or is it just Steve um, pushing me? <laughs> My dear friend. <laughs> um, I, when we were kneeling in the front here, I guess what I was convicted about was praying for our leaders. Um, I realised that you know, it's been very tumultuous here for the last few weeks and I had been very critical in my um, heart, I suppose, as to people and the media and just the whole way it was going. But what God convicted me of was that that was not my place and my place was to, to pray for the leaders and to, that, um, to keep on praying because that's what will change things. And, yeah, that was, that was the deep conviction I had. Thanks, Alison. You see, when God speaks, he wants us to do something about it. And God convicted um, Alison to pray for the leaders. Now she needs to do that. You see, and so I pray that this morning our testimony, which is, is about Mozambique because that's where God's called us, will encourage you to step into the things that God has for you. I have a dear friend who came this morning 
Uh, I met her in Pemba three or four years ago. Her name's Katie. Uh, she lives in Alice Springs because that's where the Lord told her to go. So her and her husband and her children are working amongst the Aboriginal people in Alice Springs in a difficult place to be. Difficult for their family and difficult to, to, to ministry, difficult to find people that will gather around them. But she's a wonderful example of when God speaks, do something about it. So I want to bless you, Katie, and what God's doing. We're going to pray for you at the end of the service. How good it is to be here. This morning, Ros and I want to talk to you about thankfulness. We want to say that in our lives, through our difficulties, through our issues, through the great times of celebration and joy, we want to be thankful. I wonder if you're thankful this morning that it was pouring with rain. Even though the roads are flooded, clothes are on the line, you couldn't put the top of your sports car down, whatever it might be, <laughs> thank God that it rained this morning. Do you know in Cape Town, South Africa, which is um, a huge city of over 5 million people, it's a tourist capital of Africa, amazing place, they are running out of water. They say by, I think, the, the middle of March or April, or middle of April or May, they will be out of water. We need to thank God every day that it rains. Even when it, it wrecks the Canberra show or, or, or your road was flooded or you really didn't need rain today. We want to develop a heart of thankfulness. We're thankful. We're thankful that uh, God blessed uh, Iris Australia or Iris Ministries to get tax deductibility. That's a miracle. You know, it's not easy to get tax deductibility as an organisation and we were able to do that. That would help people who want tax deductibility for donations. We, we thank God for the smallest things, whether they're practical or whether they're super spiritual. We want to thank the church here for their generosity. Um, Andrew shared, it's true, we count in decades. This is, I think, the 19th year that um, VCF has been supporting us. That's unusual. We meet many, many people who are called out and are sent out, and most of them are, are perhaps prayed out, maybe given a gift, maybe say, we'll support you for a year, and then you're on your own. For 19 years consistently, this church has loved us, has cared for us, has supported us, in every way. If I told you, I think I had a look this week, I've got a rough idea of how much money you've given us over 20 years. And you'd be shocked. You could buy a house in Canberra. It would be a deposit for a new church. It's that much. Amen. But I want to thank you because you're a generous church. And you can never lose when you're generous. As an individual or as a church, if you're unsure about giving, give. Okay? And then work it out afterwards. And I want to thank you for your generosity because without your generosity, uh, I don't know that we would still be there all these years later. And the lives that we get to touch are because we're an extension of who you are. 
and we don't take that for granted because uh, not just your resources but your prayers, your visits, your contact with us keeps us strong, keeps us happy, enables us to do the things that God wants us to do. But you know, we're blessed. Oh, we love coming back to Australia for a visit. We love it. People say, oh, it must be really hard. You must miss the kids. Nope, because I know I'm going back in a few weeks' time. We love it. We love it when you drive down the left-hand side of the road, all the cars are driving on the left-hand side of the road. <laughs> I put my card into the ATM machine, money comes out. <laughs> Buy fruit and vegetable that's at Woolworths and they last more than the day. We're thankful for those very, very simple things that we have. Are you thankful where God's, where we've been born? The only difference between us and the people that we're going to pray for in a moment is where we were born. We were born in one of the most blessed countries in the world where we have the freedom to worship, we have, can preach on the street corners, where we have wonderful health care, we have jobs, we have houses, we have provision, and we've, sometimes we forget that. You may have seen on the news um, this last week that there was a huge accident um, very close to us in, in, uh, in, in Maputo, the capital city. We do a lot of work. The f one of the foundations of our ministry is the garbage dump. And we have church services there every week. We've now built a second church or a church at the bottom of the garbage dump. We just did that up before Christmas. And uh, they had lots of rain last week too. And when you have garbage that is piled I don't know, it said four or five stories high. You can see it's like a mountain. If you can, have you got those photos, Andrew, up there? Yeah. Uh, the rains came and the garbage began to move. And if you saw the ABC News this week, just flick, keep flicking through those photos, um, they found 17 bodies. They don't know how many people have passed away. It crushed six houses. And... Uh, You know, the people who live there aren't any different to us. They, um, they love their children. They want their kids to go to school. They want to own their little house. They want to worship God in their church. But that's where they've been born. That's where they work. That's where they live. And I didn't have time because I only got the photos. That's our church there that's flooded. But um, I didn't have time because I just got the photos through last night. There's been an amazing response to this disaster. The Red Cross are down there. They've put tents up for all the people. I think they said some 50-something houses were, 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 were destroyed. And, uh, but our little ministry there in, in, in Maputo mobilised. Thursday night at church, kids gave their clothes to take down there. We've collected truckloads of wood and charcoal and building materials, tarpaulins. They bought 2,000 loaves of bread and they did something about it. And I'm going to ask us if we could just stand for a minute and join hands with the person next to you. And we're just going to pray 
for these precious people. That's one of our pastors in the front there in the yellow uh, jacket. Um, or in fact, the first two people are our pastors and some of our missionaries. And, you know, God's not called us, any of us, to, to, to live in at the garbage dump. But that's where these people live. And we want to pray the blessing of God over them. So, Father, we come before you this morning in unity. We come in the name of Jesus. We thank you for the rains that have flooded our city this morning. Father, we also, in Mozambique, we were very dry as well. We thank you for the rain. But, Father, we bless this precious community of people at, at Hulani, on the outskirts of Maputo. Father, we bless the families who've lost children, the communities that lost, have lost housing, those who have given up. And thank you, Lord, that there are hundreds of people going there and making a difference, that are buying food and clothing and, 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 and materials. And they're pouring out the love of Jesus. They're having a special church service for them this morning at, at, at our base. And the Father, we extend our love towards them this morning. And we say, Father, keep them safe, protect them. Lord Jesus, out of the garbage, Lord Jesus, raise up a mighty praying, a mighty a mighty people of God in that, in that area. And Father, as this church over the years has supported us, so they've supported the work there at the garbage dump. And Father, we pray blessing on them this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. I know this morning a number of people have come with their children and uh, I was just reminiscing with Alison Baker about her 16th birthday party. I didn't have any photos up there of 20 years ago. That's how long. Anyway, that's a different story. But when we have children, the first thing that we teach our children usually is to say ta. Is that right, Alice? Okay. We teach our children to say thank you when they're given something. And it's a natural thing we do. And we do that so that maybe by the time they're 8 or 10 or 16, being thankful will be a habit. And so that when you give them something, they will automatically say something. When you go out to a, a friend's place or a, they get given a gift, they will automatically say thank you. They won't have to be reminded. And you see, we do that in our children because we want them to appreciate what others do for them. We want them to appreciate the basic things of life, maybe things that we all take for granted. So if all they have is an iPhone 4, they haven't been given the iPhone X, they're going to be thankful. If, you're, uh, if you was a, a young couple... I get to buy a house, you'll be thankful that you have a house to rent. If your best friend has six bedrooms, you only have three, you'll be thankful. Because that's an attitude that's been developed in you from, from a child. And you see, our relationship with God, I believe, is no different. We need to practice. We need to make it a habit of giving thanks to God for who he is and for the good things in our life. 
until it becomes a habit. You see, thankfulness is a core, it's an attitude of the heart. And when we've practiced it and practiced it, we live life as though the glass is half full, not half empty. How many people have a Bible here? You should all have at least... Raise up your hand if you've got a Bible. Okay, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to look up a verse of Scripture about thankfulness. Okay? And then I'm going to ask some brave people to stand up and read a verse. If someone uses your verse, choose a different one. There are thousands of verses in the Bible about thankfulness. When you're ready, if you've got a verse, stand up. I'm not going to probably bring the microphone so you yell out loud. Jesus didn't have a microphone. Yes. Where's it from? If you, can you give this a script? Hallelujah. Philippians 4.6. Be thankful. Someone else? Here's your chance to preach. Yes, just stand up. Yes. Yeah. Here it is, I'm going to run here. <laughs> Psalm 118 verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Hallelujah. Come on. Yes. Living creatures give glory and honour and thanks to him who is seated on the throne who lives forever and ever. Hallelujah. Come on. Yes. One Thessalonians five verse eighteen. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyone else have a burning word on their hearts? Yes, sir. See, it's easy to preach. I'll give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing to him, sing praises to him, speak of all his wonders. Amen. Anyone? Okay. We could spend all morning because there are hundreds and hundreds of scriptures about giving thanks to God. It's a principle. It's a foundation of our lives is to give thanks to God. And you see, I'm one of those people that I used to get annoyed at those who would quote scriptures. You know, every time we had a problem, yes, but it says in First Chronicles 16, give thanks to the Lord. It says in First Thessalonians, in all circumstances, give thanks when you really don't want to give thanks for something that's happened. That verse says give thanks in all circumstances doesn't say for all circumstances. No one's thankful when they have a car accident or when you're sick or you've lost your job. You don't say, thank you that I've lost my job. It says be thankful in all circumstances. Even in the difficult times, if you have developed a heart of gratitude, a heart of thankfulness, then you will see through those difficult times. So I want to encourage you to stand on the Word of God. I'm still learning that. Our circumstances change daily. In our day, we have amazing things that happen and sometimes we have things of great disappointment. 
We do not want to be like a, a yo-yo, up and down, up and down, depending on our circumstances. Circumstances happen. The Word of God never changes. Amen? The Word of God never changes. Amen? And so those verses that were read across the room and hundreds of other verses, most of the Psalms of David are full of thankfulness. You can look do a Google search. There are, I've got dozens listed here. We need to develop that and we need to be encouraged by who God is. We need to be encouraged by what he has done. So when you're going through a particularly difficult circumstance right now, you can say, well, I want to give you thanks for what you did, what you've done in my life. Who is thankful for the cross? Amen. Thankful for our salvation. We're saved. Thankful that we're going to heaven. Heaven is our home. We thank God for eternity. We have things always to be thankful to God for. I want to show you a couple of my holiday photos now because no one else wants to look at them. Roz and I came out just before Christmas and um, I want to show you some photos of uh, an outreach that I did uh, in November. So it was just a couple of weeks uh, before we came to Australia. I went up to the north of Mozambique and where we have a centre and they do outreaches to these little villages in the middle of nowhere and I didn't really want to go but I went. And uh, we went across in this tiny little boat um, to, uh, I, from my memory, to one of the poorest communities I've, I've met. Um, you can see a little bit, their clothes are just rags mostly, ripped the collar and... No, I don't think there's any child there that's got anything on their feet and there's 800 people that live in this village and they have no water. I mean, the only water they have is from when it rains. And they, and they collect it. They don't have a, 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 a well or a bore or town water. And so we came across with about, I suppose, 10 people in this little boat. And what did we bring for them? We brought them water. So we brought, I don't know, 15 containers with about 20 litres full of water. Now, if you'd have all brought to the offering table this morning a bucket of water, I'm not sure what the leadership would have thought about that. But for these people, as we approached the beach uh, in our little boat, they were screaming with delight. 300 or 400 litres of fresh water. And there was such an attitude of thankfulness amongst them. And we, um, we thought we'd get some food and do a meal for them. So we just bought what we could find, which was like noodle spaghetti and tinned fish and tomato sauce. And they didn't have many plates and, uh, there. So we just put them all this food in this massive big pot and they heated it up. And the kids sat around this massive pot with their spoons, digging it in and eating it. I'm sure it wasn't very hygienic but 
they were just screaming with delight. They were so thankful for what they had. At the end of our time there, we had maybe a hundred pairs of uh, thongs, flip-flops, whatever you call them. And so there were these little boys in large pink flip-flops and <laughs> kids with whatever. They didn't care. There was an attitude of thankfulness, of gratefulness for what they had been given. A bucket of water, a pair of pink flip-flops, a spoonful of spaghetti. Because they knew... They knew what they needed. They knew what, would, what they would be thankful for. And then three weeks later, we're up in the plane coming to wonderful Australia. So I'm just going to show you, I've got hundreds of photos of my holidays now, but I haven't got time. Just going to show you three photos of my holidays. You have to guess where it is. Got the next one. What's that? Anyone know? Who is it? Puffing Billy. In the Dandenongs, we were down there, we had Christmas with our, all of our family came down from, and we all went on Puffing Billy. Put that on your bucket list. It's an amazing day to go on Puffing Billy. They are my grandchildren, don't they look just like me? That's, um, that's better looking, that's at the, I think at the Myers, at the shops down in, in Melbourne where you go past and all the windows are decorated. Just one more, Andrew, because people are falling asleep. Okay. Does anyone know what that is? The Maya Music Bowl. Again, it's amazing. It was a whole night for me and our family. It was a night of worship and praise and thankfulness. They did the Hallelujah Chorus, Jerusalem. A number of the artists gave their testimony of Jesus. And there was a great um, uh, spirit of thankfulness for this season of Christmas. And you know, I thought about that. One day I was in a, on, a, on an island where people were screaming with joy for a, for a bucket of water. Two weeks later I'm here in Australia and we're on Puffing Billy and we're at the Maya Music Bowl with the same attitude of thankfulness and gratitude. You see, thankfulness is not about what we have. Thankfulness is about what is our heart saying? What is our attitude towards our lives? What is our attitude towards the goodness of God in our lives? And in a few weeks' time, we'll again be back in Mozambique where most people live without a car. They don't consider going on holidays. Most people don't have electricity. But I don't know who's more thankful or who's happier people in Mozambique or people in Australia people who live in the bush or people who are in the shopping malls but I know this that thankfulness is a gift that God gives us it's a gift that we need to feed it's a gift that we continue to need to cultivate and we need to begin our day and finish our day in thanks for what we have I listened to a message uh, a week or two ago by Bill Johnson from, uh, from Reading and he says this, we have relationship with God and God has given us revelation and yet all of us have questions about life, disappointments and feelings 
where God could have or should have intervened and he didn't. Questions need to be answered but until they are answered they remain in the realm of mystery. You see mystery or questioning is just as important as revelation. Otherwise what we believe wouldn't be called the faith, it would be called the knowing. What you don't know is as important as what you do. He says this, it's okay to have questions, but do not give your heart to the question. It is not wrong to question, but if we continue feeding on the questions of life, often it will steal from what God has done and is doing. When in crisis, if you want the peace that passes understanding, you probably have to give up your right to understand. The greatest mystery, the greatest question and the greatest revelation in the history of the world is the cross of Jesus. You see, we have choices to make every day. We can feed ourselves on what God hasn't done and it will lead to disappointment, perhaps depression and more. Or we can continue to feed ourselves on what God is doing. And if that is difficult for you today, then feed yourself on the things that God has done. You see, in our minds, there are always going to be someone who has more than we do, perhaps is healthier, has a closer walk with God, has a greater ministry or greater gifting. But we want to be thankful. Ros and I are so thankful today for our family for the honour and privilege of serving God in, in Mozambique, for the lives who we get to touch, for the provision that he gives us and for the future that God has set before us. You see, I could tell you this morning of many disasters that have happened in the last year, stories of sickness, of death, of trials, of disappointments, of dreams unrealised. And yes, we deal with those like you daily yet we want to give thanks to God for the things that he is doing a little boy whose name well he's not a little boy anymore whose name is Ernesto I remember I think in 2001 or 2002 on our first visit back the church here produced a whole lot of little photos of Ernesto and they passed them around we asked them to put it on their fridge and pray for Ernesto because he was in hospital 17 times in the first two years of his life. He's now 17. And you'll see in the little video presentation that, uh, that Ros will talk about in a moment, he graduated or he finished grade 12 at the end of last year. I want to say thank you, Jesus. Thank you for that young man who had every reason, if you like, to die, to give up on life. But with people around the world and with us being alongside him, he, he wants to be a vet. He's working three days a week, three days a week, three days a week <laughs> in a veterinary surgery. He has one subject to finish his, uh, his grade 12. I thank God for the testimony of his life. I thank God for the school. I was a school teacher back when I was a normal person. 
And uh, I love school. I love teaching. I love. I believe education is a, a great way to the future, whether it's in Australia or whether it's in Mozambique. When we arrived in Mozambique, there were a few classes underneath trees. There were a couple of classrooms made of bamboo. I used to drive around in this little red broken down pickup and beep the horn for school to start and all the kids would run away. <laughs> but we fixed that. We put up walls and barbed wire. They couldn't get out. But we have, you'll see the photos in a moment, we have 1,600 children from grade 1 to 12 receiving a quality education. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for the generosity of people who've, who've built those classrooms and the computer room and the library, who pay for the teachers, who help students at university. We have kids finishing accounting and we have a lawyer who's about to finish, a doctor who finished studying, kids who came from the dump, kids who came from the street and from disadvantaged backgrounds with the same heart and desire and thankfulness that we have. God is faithful. God is good. All the time. Hallelujah. I'm going to ask Roz to come and maybe she, I hope she does share a couple of stories about the DVD and then we're going to, if you like, do some activation all together at the end of the service to... Uh, Good morning. Wonderful to be with you. Um, it's always great to come home. We were with um, a group of about two or 3,000 people recently and everyone was singing, I still call Australia home. I don't know if you know that song, but I was quite teary really. I thought, oh my gosh, we do, so many of us roam around the world, but we come home to Australia and we come home to our church here and we are so grateful to you because you've en enabled us to bring life and love and salvation to so many people in Mozambique. Uh, the video can't really tell you everything of, of what we experience in a year, but we've put some together some highlights of what um, we've been involved in them in the last year. Stephen's talked about Ernesto. He's a very dear young man. On those days when I feel like packing my bag and going home, I say to Steve, I'm like, what about Ernesto? <laughs> and so we straddled two continents at the same time. Sometimes it feels like we're doing the splits between Australia and, and Mozambique, but we have family here that we love dearly and family over there that we love dearly. The video um, shows you some of our children that we've had when we in about 2002. It was uh, a great vision of my heart to bring some of our children out of our baby house and put them in a, a room in our house where we have a carer. And so we brought 10 um, two, two-and-a-half-year-olds into a house. And um, that was a great vision that at times I thought turned to a nightmare. <laughs> but those beautiful people are now 18 and 19 years of age. You'll see Ivan up there. He is a lovely young man. He's 19. He um, came to us malnourished and we were told he would never walk. He hopefully will graduate next year from um, year 12. He's a very stable and sweet young fellow, loves the Lord. Um, you'll see Leisure, um, who came to us as a four-year-old, very malnourished and unwell, and she's a beautiful young lady now, and she's been reintegrated back into a community house with her older sister and her sister's husband. And she's been um, at home for about 14 months now, and that's going really well. That's a, one of our hearts uh, um, 
is that we bring the children in, but we, we don't call ourselves an orphanage or a children's centre. We call ourselves a crisis centre. So we bring children in crisis and we try to fix whatever their problems are, whether it's malnutrition or medication or poverty. And then we try to strengthen the family as well and put the children back into the family. Sometimes that can happen very quickly in a year and sometimes it might take five years and there's some children who will stay with us uh, until they're adults um, because of their family and social situations and not able to go home. You'll see Joanina up there who has become a mum in the last year and uh, she came to us also when she was 18 months old. She's a lovely young girl and she's doing really well with her baby. Um, um, we've we had uh, one young girl come to us, Persina, when she, she came in with the, ho with the group. She was six months old when she came in. Her mum had passed away and dad couldn't cope at home with her. And so we had her for eight, eight years, a stocky, healthy young, young gal, very feisty. And uh, at about age of eight or nine, her dad had another um, partner and they were able to take her back into the house. We've remained in contact with her. That's, that was a very successful reintegration. But unfortunately, about two years ago, she contracted um, an infection. And although we had access medical care for her, she progressively got worse and she passed away two weeks ago. Um, she sent a little message to me on WhatsApp, which is amazing, isn't it? You can communicate across the world, whether <laughs> it's Mozambique or Australia. But um, she sent a message. She'd asked me s for a new pair of shoes previously and um, she hadn't obviously got her new shoes. So Sunday, two weeks ago, she asked me, she sends a WhatsApp message. She says, Mana Ros, I haven't got my new shoes yet. She's little 22 kilos, 18 years of age and she's worried about her new shoes. So I sent a message back to say, I'm sure we'll find new shoes. But she passed away about 12 hours after that message. And... Um, I know that she has her dancing shoes on in heaven and that is our privilege. We don't get to see everything that we hope for for our kids but we know who has the last say and it's Jesus. And for all of us, you know, our perspective sometimes is too small and we need to have an eternal perspective. And when things like that happen, like Persina passes away, it's a great sadness to us, it's a great sadness to our centre. She was loved by so many but we know that Jesus has the last say and she gets to dance in heaven. You'll see up there um, Feliciano who came to us at three years old from a, um, his um, um, trying to find the politically correct word. <laughs> he's, mental, he's mentally challenged and um, when he came to us he couldn't, he couldn't talk, he couldn't um, uh, communicate and he had tuberculosis. So we we got him the medical care that he needed and he is a delight. He comes to our prayer room, which is a huge blessing. And he comes in there with about 250 children twice a week. They come voluntarily to pray. They don't always pray about the topic that we're praying about, but that's all right. And Feliciano comes up the front and he prays like this. <coughs> and all the kids laugh, but I know that Jesus knows what he's saying. And he is our delight and he is lovely. And at the end of it, he always says, Amen. So, <laughs> so you'll see him there. He's now 16 and he's beautiful. Don't miss the pictures of the prayer room. Like I said, 
um, that is a great blessing to us. We don't have to twist our kids' arms. They come to the prayer room and they pray. They pray with a lot of fun and a lot of um, enthusiasm. But that prayer room um, was established many, many years ago by one of the people from VCF, Maureen Puddle. She came with a vision to set up a prayer room and she prayed for two years and she didn't see the prayer room come to pass. But five years ago, we built the prayer room and Maureen came back for the opening and it is um, a huge blessing to us. For me, it's the best when the kids are doing intercession. It's just amazing. So... um, Yes, the end of the video is a school graduation and that is a hugely emotional event to me because, of course, all our babies were up there and um, you'll see the girls, they're all in the same dress. The headmaster decided that they would all wear the same dress so we would avoid inappropriate clothing. They learnt to do the waltz, which is not something we do in Mozambique. And they had a wonderful time. It was just, you know, looking out at them, at the 18-year-olds, so full of hopes and dreams. It really was a very emotional event for us. And the uh, district um, minister for education and the city minister for education were there and um, gave a great um, applause for our school choir, which is also featuring up there. So I hope that you can be blessed because this is the work of your hands and your donations and your support for us. Thank you. Thank you. And again, thank you to a huge number of the church here. I don't know how many times Peter and Judy brought teams over, maybe eight or nine times, and and Martin and Rose have brought teams. Many people here have visited. We still have the cross and the pulpit that Heine made are still at the forefront of our church. Some of the young men that Arthur and others have supported by teaching them maths are now uh, working for engineering companies in Mozambique. And we're just here this morning to say thanks from us. But how we want to finish this morning is this way. I don't know how much room we have up the front. You see, it's raining, pouring. You see, it's a sign of blessing. It is. Rain is a sign of blessing. We want to give you opportunity this morning to give thanks to God. Not, Not just for what we're doing, but for what God is doing in your life. And you see, that sometimes is a is a step of faith because you don't really feel like giving thanks at the moment because of this or that. But thank God for who He is. Thank God for the good things that He's done in your life. Thank God for the opportunities that He has for you in the days to come. So I'm going to ask as far forward as you can come that we're going to come and stand. Andrew had a song on his heart this morning um, at the early morning service and he tells me that he can remember how to play it. It's a golden oldie. But the first thing we're going to do is we're going to stand. If we can... As many people have come forward, we're going we're gonna to actively give thanks to God. Maybe you're not comfortable, maybe you never come up the front. Here's your chance. Together. I'll play it, you sing it. No, I hope I'll a dreadful voice. We're going to pray first. You know, sometimes we need, just like last week when you came forward, in declaration or came forward in prayer and God spoke to you, 
This morning I want us to, to give thanks to God. And w- one way of doing that is by raising your hands. And maybe you're not used to doing that. So I'm going to ask that we just raise our hands this morning. And I've got a watch here. I know we're running a little bit over time, but we're going to pray for 90 seconds. We're going to pray out aloud. You're going to give thanks to God for the good things that He's doing in your life. Maybe the person next to you is going to be able to hear that. That's okay too. We're going to thank God for our families, for our housing, for our jobs, for the rain this morning. We're going to thank God for the cross that art. That, that Heine built. We want to thank God for the finances that come into our lives. We want to give thanks to God this morning. But I want to hear it so that there's such a loud noise across this building. Okay? Right, let's start. 90 seconds of giving thanks. Let's lift our voices to God. Give Him thanks. Give Him thanks for who He is, for what He's doing. Thank Him for Jesus, for the cross, for salvation for eternal life. Thank God for your job, for your finances, for your house, for your area of ministry that He's called you to. Thank you for the healings that are going on in the, in the healing rooms. Thank you for babysitting grandchildren. Thank you for the rain today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. That's right, that you have a plan and you have a purpose for my life. Thank you, Jesus. We give you thanks this morning, Lord. Father, we choose to give you thanks. Just keep thanking God. We're up to 60 seconds. There's only 30 to go. Keep thanking God. We thank you, Father. Thank you for the opportunities that you've given us to share the good news of Jesus. Father, we thank you for our government. We thank you for our leaders. We thank you for our pastors. We thank you for our church. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for your generosity towards us. We thank you, Lord, for the mercy of God that has saved us, that has set us free. We give you thanks this morning, Jesus. Father, may we develop an attitude of thankfulness so that daily, for a minute or 90 seconds, we will stop amidst our busy days, amidst our problems and difficulties, and give thanks to God. Give thanks to Him for who He is and for what He's doing. So we're going to sing this song. It's called Mercy is Falling Like Sweet Spring Rain. If you know that song from many, many years ago, just make it a song of declaration. Mercy is falling, is falling, is falling. And we receive that mercy today. Let's sing that through a few times. If you want to dance, you want to get flags, let's finish this morning in thanks and celebration. Thanks, Alison. Mercy is falling, it's falling, it's falling. Mercy falls like the sweet spring rain. Mercy is falling, it's falling. Sing that. Mercy is falling. Mercy is falling, is falling, is falling. Mercy falls like the sweet spring rain. Mercy is falling, is falling over me. Hey, I want to receive your mercy. Hey, oh, 
it one more time. Mercy is falling. Declare a dance on your spot. Receive your mercy, Lord. Father, thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father, for all your goodness towards us this morning. We give you thanks. Just join hands with the person next year as we finish. There'll be opportunity after the service if you want prayer. We'd love to encourage you. We want to pray for Katie and her work in Alice Springs. Anyone else, we'd love to just celebrate with you. But Father, we thank you this morning for this family. Lots of people say you don't need to go to church, you can just worship at home. But there's something about gathering together with brothers and sisters. Because that's where the Lord says, commands the blessing. So Father, we thank you for the person on our right, the person on our left. We thank you, Lord, for the family of God. We thank you, Lord, that when we're falling down, there's someone to lift our hand up. We thank you, Father, for our pastors, for our leaders. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for the family of God here at VCF. We bless them, we honour them, Lord, and we give you thanks this morning in Jesus' name. Give someone a hug. Hug two people at least. It's going to be all right. Stay where you are. I'm going to hand the microphone back to Andrew to finish up this morning. God bless you. If you want prayer, please stay behind. The prayer team and Roz and I would love to pray with you. Thanks, Andrew. Whew. If you need prayer, just come forward. There's a team here who'd love to pray with you. Thank you, Steve and Roz. Love you guys. Love having you with us. So go in the joy of the Lord. Amen. <laughs>